Welcome to episode 323 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. We can maybe say Damon Johnson as always because this is the fifth time. Wouldn't that be cool though? Like if he was. Okay, He's just like was, a permanent. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Featuring that was, a permanent special guest. That was dorky. Like, you know, I, we're I think fanboyish we're, enough over that guy. I think we're already past that point. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> it's expected when it comes to us and I think his music probably and a few other artists. With that being said, we are extremely excited to bring Damon Johnson back once again. It never gets old. And frankly, from where I sit, whether it's on our podcast or anywhere, he's one of those guys I could listen to talk for two hours straight. And it exactly. never it never gets old because he's always interesting. And there's a few of those musicians out there where it's like there's always something. They've always got something good to say. Something you didn't know. That kind of thing. Of course. Yeah. So we're going to jump into another great talk with Damon here in just a bit, and we're going to play some music. But first, got to let you know who we are sponsored by. Kick this off with DEB Concerts, because just this past week, the Rocklahoma lineup was finally announced, and DEB Concerts is a part of that because they present the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year. And this year at Rocklahoma, the Roadhouse stage will feature Stephen Piercy, of Rat, who'll be headlining the pre-party on Thursday night. Bullet Boys will also be playing that day. And the Roadhouse stage will also feature headline spots from George Lynch, along with whatever he's now calling Lynch Mob, isn't it? The Electric Mayhem? George Lynch and the Electric Freedom. Oh, oh Electric Freedom. Electric Mayhem, that's a uh, freaking Muppets. <laughs> the Electric Freedom. It also feature George Lynch and the Electric Freedom, formerly Lynch Mob, John Five, and Puddle of Mud. All three of those bands will be headlining that Roadhouse stage. So get over there. There will also be tons of other bands, including some of the bands we've had on this podcast ourselves, right? Many. Totally. Yeah. We'll be talking about all that in the weeks to come. And above all else, here in just about a week and a half, DEB Concerts presents Lita Ford at the Ideal Ballroom on June 26th. That show will be opened by Straight Shot, and it'll be hosted by Eddie Trunk. So get out there. Check that thing out. Lita Ford always puts on a great show. Get out there and meet Eddie Trunk. Ideal Ballroom is an amazing venue to see a show. Yes, it is. Yeah. It never gets old, in my opinion. So get out there. Check it out. DUBconcerts.com is where you can get ticket info and be kept up to date on all future announcements, and we'll bring them to you here as well. We've also got Hell Hot Hot Sauce, a hot sauce company based out of the San Francisco Bay Area that makes small batch artisan hot sauces. You can buy them online at hellahothotsauce.com. If you're on the East Coast, they're in a lot of stores out there as well, so get online to find out where. They do a lot of collaborations. We've been fortunate enough to try Florida Frank's Florida Heat. Frank from Hatebreed has a sauce, and it is extremely good, and it is extremely hot, just like the title says. We've also been fortunate enough to try Techno Destructo's Garlic Death Grip. And that stuff is just amazing across the board, in my opinion. Um, that's um, a, I mean, it's garlic. You can't go wrong. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things in the world. It's badass. Yeah. So both those, Ghoul has been on this podcast. They have a sauce called Brain Jerk. There's several other sauces to try. And they've even announced there's, what, stuff in the works with Zetro. Right. Possibly Death Angel. Yes, that's right. Well, actually, Zetro is happening. I think yeah. I saw him post a thing recently about it. 
but there might be something coming from Death Angel and a few others, so of course, we'll let you know when that happens, so check out hellhothotsauce.com. Sunset Tattoo is a tattoo shop in Tulsa. Midtown Tulsa to be exact. 25 plus years of experience doing tattoos from Jake. His tattoos are done good and proper. State licensed. Mother approved. You can check out photos at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa on Facebook and on Instagram. It's at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Shoot him a message or give him a call to set up a time to get in there or talk about what work you need to have done. I've had a tattoo done by Jake. I'm really happy with it. And we know a lot of other people that have as well. So give him a call. Get over there and tell him Thunder Underground sent you. Finally, we've got Med Farm, a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. 24683 is tie 51. There's 4,500 million dispensaries in this town now. So why should you choose Med Farm? Why do you think you should? Uh, Because they... uh. I put you on the spot. So. Right? They, do, they donate their, what, 30% of the profits to uh, no-kill Kill. animal shelters. That's right. And how many dispensaries did you say there were? 4,500 million. It was a new one. That, that's just on, that's just on like a couple streets. Yeah, that's just on Highway 51. Yeah, and there's way, yeah, there's okay. way more. <laughs> but yeah, 30% of those proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters. They'll also give you 10% off your first order if you mention Thunder Underground. And they also have a drive-thru. So if you call ahead, text ahead, email ahead, place your order, you can just drive right through and pick it up. You can find out their entire selection at leafly.com. They've got a big selection. So get over there, check them out, and tell them you heard about them Thunder Underground. All right. I think it's time for some music. We're going to play right now a brand new song from a guy who's been on this podcast before. And he will be on this podcast again very soon. Let's kick this into high gear. Here is the song Take a Walk in My Shoes from Austin Moe.
Take a walk in my shoes from Austin Mo. That's the brand new single. It's actually not even out yet. It comes out next week. And he's going to be on our podcast very soon talking all about that. And that's a great song. It great is. guitar riff. Great vocals. You dig that as much as I do, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, from, from his last effort to now, you can really see the progression. And, uh, you know, I think this guy's got it. Yeah, absolutely. He's doing some great work, and you should have much more music coming this year and in the future. So check out Austin Mo. That's just M-O on Facebook. Give him a follow and be on the lookout for this single on June 25th and him on this podcast very soon. It should be in the next episode or two. So be on the lookout for Austin Mo on Thunder Underground. This past Saturday night, a couple shows happened here in the Tulsa area. Right. I think you kind of, you mentioned it to me in 
text, you know, beforehand. It's like, we got all the bases covered because I hit up one and you hit up the other. Exactly. And we kind of weren't sure how it was going to work out because, you know, you know, we, you know, I had my kind of way the night wanted to go. You had yours. Also, downtown had Tulsa Tough with a lot of fucking people and a lot of streets closed off. So it was like, I don't know how. Once we got into it, I was like, well, if I got to park and walk a fucking mile, <laughs> I'm just, I, I don't know. It, that, that doesn't fucking matter. The way it worked out is, you know, you had the downtown base covered. I had the midtown base covered. It was all good in the hood. Right. Well, when you say I had it covered, I, I caught one of four bands, so I don't know how well I had it covered. <laughs> well, you know but, what? I wasn't going to say nothing, but you went ahead and said it. That's just for you to I know. to fucking, you know, uh, <laughs> reconcile on your own. So I'll leave you to that, sir. I'm, I'm willing to admit it because, I mean, I told the people from the other bands that I talked to, you know, I yeah. apologize. But I, as you know, because you were there, I had a pretty long night the night before. Yes. And it took me a while to, to rally, and then I even... Took another nap, and then I ended up not getting downtown until pretty late. And I thought, well, I'll still catch Grind in the Normandies. Mm-hmm. I knew at that point I was probably going to miss R.R. Williams and Don't Make Ghosts. But I even missed Grind, because it was a fairly, what do you want to call it, early ending show, I thought, for downtown on a Saturday night. Because right. it ended by a little after 11. But hey, that's cool. I think more shows should do that, because you might get more people out there. I, I agree, too. But on the same <laughs> token... You did miss grind, so way to when, go, way to go, shitlick. I know. Just last week we had Dell and CJ both on here, along with Pete from the Normandies, mm-hmm. talking about it. But they know we love them. We've seen them multiple times, and we'll see them again soon. Yes, very soon. They're going to be at the Shrine on July 10th. They'll be one of the bands, along with Locust Grove and Stellar Ascent, opening up for Blacktop Mojo. Right. Uh, we'll be there. That's a Saturday night. Totally. Yeah. So you can't go wrong in the Tulsa area. That's not one good band and three other bands. That's four good bands. So you can't, there's no excuse. And I'm saying for real, I've seen all four of those bands live and they're all good. So do yourself a favor. But as far as that goes, I will say that I ran into a lot of people. Right. Because, you know, as as we've talked about, we're getting back out to shows. So there's always going to be people you haven't seen in a year and a half, at least. You know, and I, I saw Andy from Dead Union, formerly of Fist of Rage. I saw... Chris and Laura from Porch Talk. Chris from Dead Union. I saw, man, hell, I knew if I started mentioning, I forget, I saw Jimmy from Violent Victim. And talked to all these guys. I saw Jake from Sunset Tattoo. There you go. Hung out with him for a while. And through all that, all of them mentioned to me that Grind was amazing. They said, right. and kind of like Dell and CJ talked about on the podcast, that they're at another level now with their new addition on bass. And these guys... Everybody confirmed it. This isn't just like them blowing smoke up your ass or us doing it. This is what people are saying in the crowd, too. So that's very cool to see, and I'm looking forward to seeing them here soon. But I did catch the Normandies, and as we've said every time we see them, this is one of the premier live bands, just like Grind, of this area. And I just every time I see the Normandies, I'm just like, why doesn't every person in America that likes this kind of music know who this band is? Right, exactly. You know, they're... Like, so, for instance, just this earlier this week, this amphitheater tour was announced with Rancid and the Dropkick Murphys Exa- yeah. on tour and the Bronx opening. Yeah. That should also say, plus featuring the Normandies. Exactly, dude. Like, that's, that's such a great fucking point, and I'm glad you mentioned that. 
Yeah. Yeah. No fucking shit. And I mean, these guys, it's just, at an, I mean, at another level. Yeah. And I can say the same thing about Grind because I've seen them many times. You just see bands where you're just like, sometimes this is no knock to anyone, you know, because I'm not saying this about anyone specifically, but throughout your life, you see a band, a local area band, and you feel like I'm just watching someone who's been doing this for a year or two and they're getting their chops together. They'll be there eventually. But there's bands that you see like this that you feel like you're watching a band that's been on tour for 20 years. Like that's how solid mm-hmm. they are and how good they are, what they do. And I can't stress right. it enough that I'm just, you know, people can say shit all they want, but Tulsa has a great fucking rock scene. You're damn right. It does. Yeah. Uh, and a rock scene, a hard rock scene, a punk rock scene. Yeah. Hard rock, okay. metal, punk, thrash. It's all here. It, it's here. <laughs> I, and you know what? That brings up a good point and I'm not going to get shitty, but there is a certain uh there is a certain uh subgenre of you know <clears throat> rock alt rock americana whatever that is really focused upon in Tulsa all right and i'm not talking shit but i just want to say that there's way fucking more than that yeah and i wish people would start realizing that and i think that's okay for me to say i think we even had that discussion off 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 uh, audio with uh yes. with CJ the other night, right? Right, right. <laughs> but with all that being said, speaking of great bands, you know, I mentioned Stellar Ascent. They'll be along with Grind and right. Lucas Grove with Blacktop Mojo. They were at the show that you saw. Yes. At Badass Renee's. So talk about all that. Right, right. Well, uh Melissa and I went out to Badass Renee's um that same night and saw Sotos, Stellar Ascent, and the Green Country Irate, which is a new band featuring Sprout. Uh, and Mike Starkey, Joe and Mike from Machine in the Mountain. Uh, and you guys know Sprout and Mike for, Mike Starkey from so, so much stuff. Scream Red Mutiny, uh, you know, King Shifter, Blackwater Rebellion, uh, Murder Smary, Crashing Cranes, all the good shit. And, uh, it was a great show. It was a good rock show. Uh, it was a good value, five bucks. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, I saw, I saw Murdoch out there. Uh, I got to say hi to all the Green Country Irate guys. Um, and, you know, it, it was, it was a good bill. It was a strong bill. Sotos hit the stage and, you know, they're a good, they're a good, like, meat and potatoes, modern rock, you know, uh, if I can say that. A three piece, uh, you know what you're going to get and they don't fuck around. That was cool. Stellar Scent. We've seen them before. I think we played them on the, podcast I yeah think. we did um that girl can sing her ass off um and you know it's you know when you see uh you know when you when you turn on you know your radio or youtube and you see fucking stupid shit like in this moment or you know butcher babies uh it's good to see something like this that's like real and is like actually really talented Th- this girl can sing and sing, and then she can sing some more. Just real wide open hard rock, um, with some great solos. Uh, can't wait to see him again at the shrine. And then Green Country Irate came on, and you know, that was just like, uh, just a green keg of energy just <laughs> blew off, you know. Well, before you jump into it, I want to say, is it, you know, because all I've heard from him is that clip. You know, when they were playing live in mm-hmm. rehearsal, I kind of kind of sounds like what I imagined it to sound like. Okay, that's that's um, kind of what I was wondering is what I was getting at. I think it's cool that 
that Joe and Mike can kind of just let their hair down a little bit and just kind of, you know, I don't know, this might sound weird, but just kind of let their balls swing a little bit, <laughs> you know, and that's what's going on here. You know, there's just way more, there's just way more like punch and sweat and swagger, I think, going on with this. And uh, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty refreshing. And, that, you know, Joe's got some great solos. I, I, I just, I just know that there was a, a really cool, you know, anthem vibe to a lot of the songs. Okay. And I'm, I'm looking forward to you hearing them, you know, I'm looking forward to you seeing them. So it's going to be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And our next chance will be at the shrine as well. Yes. With, and, uh, is that the 17th of July? I think so with think... Annie Mortem and Scattered Hamlet. That's, and that's one hell of a bill right there. Yes, sir. Those three bands, they, they work together style-wise, but they all got their own thing going, and I'm really looking forward to checking that one out, because it's been a long time for both Scattered Hamlet and Annie Morton for me as well. But yeah, so that's two weekends in a row. You're going to get some killer stuff there at the Shrine. Right. And I mean... And it's great. You know, shows are back, and I feel good going to shows, um, and I'm just, I'm looking forward to the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Dirty Honey this weekend, right? Oh, man. We're, we're there, aren't we? Absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Like we kind of mentioned there in a the sponsor thing with DED Concerts and the bands on their stage, the full lineup for Rocklahoma was announced. Right. We've got headliners Rob Zombie, Limp Biscuit, and Slipknot. And just right there, you know, the, the 2020 lineup that got, you know, canceled was Slipknot, Five Finger Death Punch, and Stained. And of those three bands, Slipknot's the only one I like. Right. And then now on of the new headliners, I like all three. So, hey, it worked out for me. Right, right. And as far as, you know, I don't even have... We're not even prepared for this. Don't have the lineup pulled up, but just off the top of my head, we've got Seven Dust and Tremonti and Anthrax, Andrew WK. I'm listening off people I'm really excited about. Yeah, that's... I'm um, skipping the Papa Roaches and shit I've seen and don't care about. I'm, they're not even on the list, actually, but who cares? <laughs> um, fucking... Goddamn, I can't... The Who? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I can't wait till they play uh, Pinball Wizard. Right. Yeah. Um, shit. Goddamn, I can't, I can't remember either. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, no, know. there's other bands on there like Hellstorm, Emotionless and White, but... Hellstorm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of rattling off the important ones to me, like Anthrax and Seven Dust, but, you know, I mean, overall, to me, the lineup isn't any better, any worse than it has been in recent years, you know, when you look at it on a whole. Yeah. It's not that common that I like all three headliners. That's only happened a couple times, I think. Right. So that's a plus, I guess, but, you know, I mean, I, re- I like what, you know, Doug and DV concerts have done the last couple of years and, you know, bringing in a mix of your quote-unquote heritage nostalgia acts as well as current acts like they are doing again this year with John 5 mixed with nostalgic stuff like Rat and Lynch Mob and even Puddle of Mud at this point. Yeah. And then across the board on the stuff under there has also got Liliac and um, Palandria, Severmind, and a host of other bands. So we plan to, every year we've done a Rocklahoma preview and a Rocklahoma review. So 
be on the lookout. We'll have a preview coming soon. Usually we're on a spot where it comes out right when the lineup comes out, but this year we're just a bunch of fucking slackers and oh yeah, we're just do it when we feel like it. Yeah, we do what we want. Once the pandemic hit, we're just like, screw it. If you want to listen to podcast, listen. If you don't, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like eh, whatever. <laughs> right. This is how this shit's going lately. So yeah, <laughs> right. But so yeah, there you go. But other than that, anything else of note besides um, Damon Johnson? Well, I want to mention. Uh, I recently, I don't know if you've listened to the whole thing, but I've completely uh, over the moon about this new uh, Mammoth WVH record. Um, I just, and I loved what I heard when, you know, he released the singles, Wolf, Wolfgang Van Halen. And this whole record is just fucking great. Um, I can't say enough good things about, you know, what is going on here when you listen to this record. Um it's, I mean, if you're, it's almost, you know, I'll say some, I'll say some controversial shit. Um, it's almost like it's more amazing than his father in a way. Cause you know, overall or the last album his father put out. <laughs> no, just think about it because his dad, his dad was just did one thing. Well, wrote shit, but that was a whole band. This guy plays fucking everything, writes fucking everything, and has an amazing voice. Did he play everything on the album? Played everything on oh, the I album, wrote I, it all, I sang forgot it. That, I think. Okay. Um, and, and absolutely no slag on Van Halen at all. Van Halen is mighty, and they're way better than anything. Um, but I'm just saying, it's just crazy how you know, in 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 terms of what of the ability, it's just it's just head and shoulders above. You know, what's going on. And, I mean, he's a way fucking better singer than David Lee Roth. Oh, yeah. You know. But I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I really want you to listen to it. Um, just, uh, the whole album, it just exceeded my expectations. It really did. I was like, man, I really like this stuff. And then I heard the record. I'm like, I'm going to have to be annoying with this shit. <laughs> you know, because this is a great fucking record. I say this with some of these bands that we have on that I... I kind of like, this is the kind of shit that should be on the radio. Yeah. This is what modern rock should be. Not fucking, you know, fucking, you know, one note wrist tuned down to Z. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then some fucking layered backup vocals. Right. This, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. So, go listen to it. Okay. I'm talking to you and everybody listening. <laughs> okay. Hey, that. You saying that, like, uh, gives me, what's the right word, excites me enough to do it. Because I just wasn't, there was nothing about the songs I heard before it came out that made me think, I got to hear this the day it came out. Yeah. And I'm just, that's why I just haven't made an effort. And it's like, the stuff I heard I thought was good. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, yeah, that's cool. And then the more I heard the distance, the less I liked it. Well, now that's, that's and I know that's not, thing. I know that's not indicative and of it's the, album, the last song on the record. Because, you know, I mean, I've heard the, Couple of other songs mm -hmm. that you know have that Mark Tremay kind of vibe to them, and yeah, you know you got to love that. Right. So, and, and that's the thing: if you like Tremonti, Alter Bridge, you know Seven Dust, this this kind of this is the stuff for you. Yeah, this is kind of the, the the avenue that's going down. There's a couple songs. One's called Horribly Right, and then there's another song called Epiphany. Just fucking killer, dude! Fucking killer hard rock. Oh, yeah. Um, you've, you've got to listen to it. So there you go. 
I've, right. said, I've said my piece. <laughs> well, speaking of killer hard rock coming up on this podcast very soon, Diamond Row of Tetrarch. Yes, definitely. We talked to her this past week. That'll be here in the next week or so. Also talked to Eric Kluber of Void Vader, and their new album is freaking on fire. It is as the insanely kids say. stellar. Yes. It is so fucking good. This is one of those albums of 2021 you need to fucking listen to. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's Great like, Fear Rising. Here we right. are telling you, this is what you need to listen to. And it's like, if you don't if you don't go listen to it, I'm, I really feel sorry for you. <laughs> I mean, it's really your thing. Right. It's your problem now. <laughs> right. you, know, you, it, you know, there's all this shit about self-care and treat yourself and all the... the treat yourself. Listen to, yeah, listening to this would be that. And you're not going to do it. That's just shitty. Yeah. So do yourself a favor and listen to this record. Yeah, you're not treating yourself right. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're abusing yourself if you're not listening to this record. <laughs> okay? Another record like that is Battle Lessons by Damon Johnson. You like that exactly. segue? Exactly. I love that segue. And just like you said about Mammoth WVH, this is the kind of thing that should be on the radio. Right. And this is one of those albums that, you know, here again I am like, not blowing smoke up the guest's ass here. Like, this is one of those albums where, like, every song in this album could be a single. That's right. how good it is. Exactly. And we talk about that here coming up with Damon. And we talked about it in full length when we talked about the album when it came out a couple months ago. Can't say enough good words about this thing as a whole and this guy as a whole. And that's another thing. If you listen to us at any length, you probably have heard us ramble on about Damon Johnson many times. Yeah, yeah. It's probably, we probably look embarrassing at this point. <laughs> right. I don't care. Fuck it. But he's been on here five times, so. Right. You know, there's basis for being able to keep talking about him, right? Yeah. Total <laughs> honor, by the way, every time. That's right. So if you're not familiar for some reason, outside of the name Damon Johnson and the Get Ready, he's got a couple albums with those guys. He's got an EP, another couple albums under his own name, just Damon Johnson. He's got, well, actually, the last album was just named Damon Johnson as well, but mm. it had Jared and Robbie from the Get Ready. And then he's got albums with Slave to the System. He was in Alice Cooper's band for several years. He's got several albums with Black Star Writers. He was with them for a while. He's also a part of Thin Lizzy when they play shows. Right. And of course, he was the main man of Brother Kane from the beginning till now, you know. So check out all of his past work if you're not familiar with it. Can't say enough great things. So let's just jump into another interview here with Damon Johnson. play uh gonna play my old stomping grounds in north alabama <clears throat> a town called huntsville at uh, the end of this month and then we're going to do a little run kind of around chicago in uh, early august there's like a joliet then we go over and play uh iowa with blue oyster cult and uh there's one other show up there somewhere um, oh rascals in moline moline illinois yeah that's a great venue there so that'll be a great week there and uh 
you know, we're hoping to announce some more stuff probably in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, my little team is, is working hard. I mean, listen, man, everybody's team is working hard right now. I can't, I, I can't fathom the phone calls that are going on and booking agencies and management offices. And, um, cause it just feels like everybody's able to, to perform and do it safely. You know, the vaccines have changed everything. And, um, it's just incredible, man. Um, I'm grateful for sure. Yeah. After, after this year, year and a few months that it's been, I, I'm sure it's almost like, is this really happening? Like we're really doing this. It's <laughs> shows or shows are a go. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, you, I mean, the three of us probably talked about this oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, earlier in the year when we had our conversation. It's like, wow, what is it going to be like? And it still feels a little bit surreal. Um, you know, it would be amazing if we could just press a button and all of a sudden starting, you know, the middle of next month, we've got 30 shows booked. Obviously that's not, that's not realistic and, and it, you know, it can't work like that. So listen, we're, we'll take whatever we can get. We're, we're thrilled. Yeah. I imagine it's gotta be tough for them booking the shows because you've got everybody at square one trying to book shows at the same time. Plus, you've got different states with different regulations, so it just makes everything more complicated, I would think. Yeah, it's a little bit of a challenge. And remember, too, there were some tours that were postponed. Right. So they already had a res- they they've already got reserves on some of these venues. So you know they're having to navigate around some of that. Um, but no question, guys. Uh, you know, for me especially, coming off of releasing a new album that I'm so proud of and you know the guys just you know they play so great man and you know we're just excited to get some get some reps you know you kind of look at it like an athlete man you you got to get some repetition to kind of get your rhythm you know get the the flow of the show the flow of the performance um i'm sure we're going to be a little rusty everybody's going to be a little (laughs) rusty uh coming out of the starting gate but you know, we're just very, very fortunate, all of us, especially that live here in North America, because um, it, it feels like we're getting a little bit of a, uh, um, I don't want to say a jump start. We're just able to get back to it because we've had a better rollout of the vaccines than some of the other countries have. I've been communicating with friends that are over in Europe and the UK in particular, and, you know, they're not they're not quite there yet. So, uh you know, I'm hoping that they can can get some of this going on as well. I guess, after, I mean, I assume this is probably the longest you've went without playing a live show in a long time. So are you like chomping at the bit to get back in front of a crowd? Because I, I know you guys have done a ton of live streams, but that's a totally different feel, obviously playing to a camera and nobody except maybe your wife. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you guys, the live streams were, um, they almost felt like, therapy for us you know it really was so vital uh it kind of fed our musical souls a bit in a way that we couldn't have anticipated because i you know i've friends in other bands man they talked about doing live streams but they just never could pull it together Uh, in a lot of cases band members lived in different states sometimes different countries and it was just you know they couldn't get everybody together so I'm very proud that we were able to do, I guess we did a total of six 
And that's pretty good, man. Um, you know, that's a lot. And, and the more we did them, the better we got at them. I mean, I'm my, my task just today, fellas, is I'm putting, uh, we want to release the live stream that we did that last month for, uh, we did that battle lessons live stream, all the, the entire album in, in sequence. And we played some extra songs at the end. Uh, but my friend Reed, who did the audio on that, he just put a killer mix on it, guys. And it was like, it just sounds too good not to, you know, maybe we'll just put it on Bandcamp or something like that. But I want I want people to be able to hear it. I'm really proud of it. And again, had we not done all those live streams, there's no way we would have sounded as, you know, as together as, as we do. There's some, you know, man, there's some little hiccups here and there, but the authenticity is there. And, you know, again, I'm proud of the songs and everybody played played really well is that a consideration of like once you guys get going here this year to do that in a live setting in its entirety or was that just kind of a special thing for the live stream audience i feel like it was a little bit of a special thing but i will say um you know we've done the first couple of shows we've already done you know we easily played five or six songs off of a nine song record you know within the set and that's asking a lot of a, of an audience that's coming because maybe they haven't heard the new record, but they know about my past and they want to hear the brother Kane songs or, you know, whatever. So, you know, the songs just go down so well, guys, uh, cause you never know until you play it in front of a, uh, an audience. And so we finally have had a chance to do that. And it's really gratifying for me, especially as the songwriter and the performer to, you know, to be up there and we're playing a song like Let the Healing Begin. And you can just tell by people's body language. They're like, I've never heard this song before, but this is fucking badass. This is right. a great song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is, uh, that's an amazing feeling to, to see that. So, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely be playing the bulk of the record for sure. Talk about uh, Talk Yourself in Anything. It's the, the newest single. And, I mean, I'm not just saying this because you're on our on the phone here, but it's my favorite song so far in 2021. So talk about the choice of putting that out as the, the next single. Well, brother, that's some high praise, man. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I got to tell you, I, we really labored over what the second song should be. Um, you know, I'm, I'm partial to all of them for creative reasons, but I can recognize like if a song has a big chorus or if it's got a lot of ear candy in it. And there's several songs that have that can't clap any louder brace for impact shadow country comes up so much, man. That's been a fan favorite uh, on the social media interaction. And, uh, you know, but I just, you know, my, I got to give some credit to my manager, Kevin. He, he kind of made the final call on that. And, Kind of like you guys, I've got an old radio programmer, a friend from Peoria, who's not in in radio anymore, but that was his favorite song straight away. And he said, man, I'm still listening to that song. I play it for my wife. I play it on my way to work. And so uh, between those two guys, I, you know, it just gave me the confidence to go, okay, let's focus on this. It was really funny, fellas, because I completely forgot about the fact that there's you know there's some profanity in the song it says you know it says the word bullshit and <laughs> you know 
I realized, man, when we uploaded the WAV files to the digital service providers, I never went in and said, oh, this needs a, you know, an explicit symbol on it because it's got this, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I was just kind of aloof and I'm just going about my business. And, you know, the radio person called me and said, hey, Damon, we need a clean version of this song. And I said, well, I sent you a clean version <laughs> thinking they meant like, the quality of the mix or something, <laughs> you know? So it, he said, no, man, you can't say the word bullshit on radio. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, man. Yeah, let me let me work on that. So Nick Raskulinix had to pull the track back up, you know, and, uh, and do a little edit. He had to recall the mix and, you know, do whatever you do. And so now there's a, there's a clean version that we've uploaded to the radio, uh, whatever you call it, man, there's like a, there's like a different server that you upload songs that you're, you know, pitching to be on the radio. So, uh, what did he replace yeah, that, the yeah. word with, <laughs> or did he uh, just, just do a little weird? He, word? Just, he just, it just didn't he, it, like the vocal just goes away. Okay. Right, but, gotcha. uh, you know, the, the track does it. So it goes, uh, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm singing about you and all the bull you sell yeah, right. you know what i mean to where the, the audience can still fill in the gaps and so it's kind of like it's still there anyway <laughs> it's totally it's totally there guys you know what i mean it's like it's a, i i sang it on the album loudly and with great articulation so yes. <laughs> you know there's no uh there's not a whole lot left of the imagination but you know i'll tell you this guys it reminded me of being a kid um one of the first 45 record singles that I ever bought, man, my mom took me to the Woolworth store and I bought the Joker by the Steve Miller band. And like the next record after that was jet airliner. And he says, you know, funky shit going down in the city. You know what I'm saying? And I never heard that on the radio. I had always heard the clean version, so I just thought that that was what it was. You might remember he said funky kicks. Yeah. Funky yep. kicks going down in the city. <laughs> so, man, when I bought the full-length album, the 33 and a third, <laughs> I played it <laughs> at my house, and he said funky shit, dude. I became the biggest Steve Miller fan on the planet, like right at that moment. So, <laughs> That's how um, it always works. <laughs> right? Right? It, it's, uh, I guess I'm a little long in the tooth to be uh, public enemy number one with my use of profanity. <laughs> that, that, sh that ship has uh, gone in much bigger directions than what my little, <laughs> my little song does. But it was, it was awesome, man. It was great. And, you know, the cool thing, too, about Talk Yourself Into Anything, it's a song that I wrote right here in this chair that I'm sitting in now talking to you guys. And I swear to God, guys, I wrote it in about 10 minutes, literally 10 minutes. I, I came up with that riff, and it just reminded me of almost like Audio Slave meets Highway to Hell, just a real straightforward groove on the drums. And my favorite movie is Tombstone. And I had just watched that the night before with my son for like you know the 50th time <laughs> and uh so there's a line in there where doc holiday says to wyatt Earp, he he laughs he goes that's what i love about you wyatt you can talk yourself into anything 
And, you know, that was just kind of rolling in my head. And so, um, you know, uh, that line in front of the course where it says, she was a victor, uh, she was a victim, you're a savior, a bad combination. I had a buddy of mine that just, man, he got, he's been married like six times. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what's your problem? You know, <laughs> what happened to that last one? I said, what happened to that last marriage? He goes, well, she's a victim. I'm a savior. That's a bad combination. So <laughs> between, between that real life story and that line from Tombstone, I felt like I came up with a pretty good song. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's some That's great, awesome. great yeah. inspiration there. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Just to call back real quick, I can only speak for myself. Jason's favorite album or song on the album is Can't Clap Any Louder, by the way. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> oh, right on, brother. Listen, man, that's a – honestly, Jason, that's that's kind of a personal favorite. Um, you know, most of the records – we talked about this. I wrote with my friend Jim Troglin, and a lot of credit to him on that song because he had just learned to kind of make – he, he started making better demos himself. Like he got a better handle on his drum machine, on his laptop. And so, man, he sent me a track and it had the, the intro sounded exactly like the way it does on my record. He had that lick, that just, it sounded like nothing I'd ever heard before. Um, and it really just kept me focused. And, uh, the, 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 you know, I don't know, man. Again, the record's just so loaded with good songs. Right. And uh, maybe that would, you know, maybe we'll, that's the other thing I wanted to tell you guys. We're shooting a video for Talk Yourself Into Anything on Friday. And it's going to be a good one, man. It's, 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 it's probably going to be the best video I've ever made. I'm working with a great friend of mine, uh, Rob Arthur, who ironically plays keyboards for Peter Frampton. Oh, wow. But... Rob, Rob is a badass videographer and I helped him with some music and on a, on a video he was working on. And I just says, man, I'd love to work with you maybe one day. And he said, dude, I'll work with you anytime you want. So I called him about three weeks ago. I said, Hey man, were you, were you kidding or are you serious? He goes, yeah, let's do it. So, uh, yeah, I'll make sure I get that to Jody and I'll get a link to you guys as soon as possible. Um, it's going to be fun. Definitely. Question I had about the, you know, the album art, the inspiration behind it. Um, that was kind of, I think for, for kind of what you do kind of out of left field. But now, now when I hear this record, when I hear the title track, I see that art and I see those colors. Uh, talk about how that came about. Wow, man, that is so cool to hear. That artwork was done by my brother-in-law, Carl. And Carl is a longtime graphic designer, and he he does some video stuff himself. As a matter of fact, he helped put together that video for Battle Lessons. Right. Um, we shot it in front of a green screen, and we just sent the footage to him in Detroit. And so he he did all that cool stuff with the with the graphics and stuff. But yeah, man, I had gone to his uh, Instagram page one day, and he only uses that to do his computer art. Like he'll put different images up there. And I was just kind of killing time. I wasn't looking for an album cover, but 
as I started clicking around his stuff, I think my wife, she said, Damon, check this out. You know, look at Carl's page. And very quickly, I saw three or four things that jumped out at me. And originally, I thought we would use an image for just the first single, which was going to be the title track. Mm-hmm. But then I really focused on that image that wound up being the cover. And to me, that, that horizontal line, if you look at it as it goes left to right, to me it just represented either a sound wave or someone's journey, like, like a journey for, to a destination or even a journey through their life. And then they hit this energy source, you know, and then it explodes at the other side. So I'd, maybe we talked about this last time, fellas, but, you know, just that term battle lessons represented for me all the things that I've done throughout my career musically that have led me to this moment in time and this record and these nine songs. And, you know, I've just never been more fulfilled by by a record top to bottom than I am with this one. And Battle Lessons represented that. Yeah, I've been on this path. I've taken this journey. And I had all this wild stuff happen. To me, that's what that monolith is in the middle of the cover. That's all the things I've ever done. Brother Kane, Alice Cooper, Thin Lizzy, Slave and System. And this record comes shooting out the other side of that. That's it. I mean, that's great because in a way that kind of that kind of segues into kind of the next question we had was like, you know, we you know, we've been fans of all the stuff you've done since we were kids. But, you know, this this record, the last record, just these last few years have seemed super prolific and hit different. And so uh, that was kind of, you know, what do you attest that to? And so. To hear that, that's really cool. I, I totally, I totally get it now, and look at it, and it ties in with the album art question. That's great. Well, thank you, thank you, brother. Yeah, um, I feel like I've really, I've really almost set a tough benchmark for myself now after making this record, because in a lot of ways, I feel like writing these. Uh, you know, eight of the nine songs were new. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ballad, the acoustic song, Love Is All You Left Behind, is one I, that I had had sitting around and I kind of revisited. But I just felt like, man, all these songs came together really fast. You know, Jim and I had had five or six great ideas and I started treating it almost like an athlete has a training regimen. I would come down here almost like clockwork, like punching the clock. All right, it's time to write. It's time to work on these songs. And maybe maybe I had sent Jim some lyrics and he threw me back a musical piece or vice versa. There was always something right on my desk. And I, you know, I wasn't precious about, oh, I got to finish this one and then I'll start the other one. Sometimes I would have three or four things going at once. And, uh, you know, and then just always being open to improving the lyric. That's that used to be the most intimidating part, fellas, is the lyrics. Um, and I still work very hard on the lyrics, but I don't feel like I labor over them anymore. It's, it's fun now. It's like a puzzle. And so once I sit down and turn on the 
you know, my laptop and, and lay down like a little demo and I start singing it, that's when I felt like some magic started happening because as I would sing things, I would find different ways to phrase it vocally. I would add a harmony part. You know, I would listen, you know, I'd go have, go upstairs and have dinner with my family and then come back and listen again and go, Oh, you know what? I should change that word to this word. Or this should be the title. Let me move this part. This shouldn't be the bridge. This should start the whole song. Little things like that. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, man, I had like six demos that I was super confident about, like really proud of. And I took them straight to Nick Asculinix and I said, hey, man, I'm about to blow your mind. This shit is really good. <laughs> he goes, all right, let's, you know, lay it on me. And he he knew I felt good about it to say something like that because his his quality control is second to none. And, you know, it's been a real gift to my life my musical life to to have the relationship with nick that i have because he's he's just made me a better artist all the way around and it's just a blessing you know to have a grammy winning career badass like that you know working with me and to have his friendship is like it's really powerful i mean you've mentioned writing a few times and one of the times we talked to you, you talked about how you wanted the Get Ready name to show that this was a band and not just a solo project. But the sound, you know, always kind of reflects you because of your voice and the guitar. How do you make sure that Jared and Robbie make their mark on the sound when you guys are putting this all together? That's a great question. I feel like that because it is a trio and, you know, the riffs, the musicality is a little more of a singular nature. I mean, obviously, man, we stacked a bunch of guitars on the recording, but, you know, now that we're starting to play live and we figured, you know, we experienced it too in the live streams, you know, I just get down, like, what is the part from the record that, that's going to communicate this idea the best in the live setting where I can only play one part. And to me, it does, it absolutely helps those guys speak and come off, uh, I mean, they're vital. They're vital, man. Listen, I've been watching some old Rush videos lately, and I think about Get Ready, and I go, you know, I, I aspire for us to be a great power trio. It is not always a given that when it's three guys, it is going to sound great. And Robbie and Jared are so aware of dynamics of when to lean into a part, when to pull back a little bit. You know, they're always listening to what I'm doing. So if I take my hands off the guitar for a minute and grab the microphone, you know, I can I can feel Robbie to my left leaning into it like, all right, man, I'm going to fill in this space while he sings this verse. And then, you know, I turn the volume back up and then I come back in on the pre-chorus or come slamming in on the chorus. The dynamics is what, you know, we have a lot of fun with. You know, here's the thing, too, guys, to your question. And this is this is something I think about a lot. Is that, you know, we have just come through this insane, bizarre year. Sometimes, man, I get a little. Uh, you know, I want to keep this trio together really strongly, like I want it to be these three guys. And, you know, these guys are both so world-class 
the phone could ring, you know, some established band could call either one of those guys tomorrow and go, Hey bro, we got 60 dates, you know, and it's, uh, you know, we'll pay you a hundred grand this year. They're going to have to go do that. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. They, they're they're <laughs> going to have to take that, that get, they, they just will. And it's going to suck, man. <laughs> it would suck. It would like, you know, look, I've been in bands. You you both know it. I've been in some great bands and bands that I've, they were my brothers and they felt like my brothers. And, you know, we made decisions together, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a musical chemistry with these three people that is unlike anything I've ever been a part of. So in a way, it sort of motivates me even more, fellas, to be hustling every morning, getting on the emails and, you know, Talking with the agent, hey brother, what you got? What's cooking? So let's, you know, let's. Uh, obviously, I want to be busy, but I want to keep those two guys busy too, man. Because I'd love for us to make ten more records. Right. I'd love for us to be working together for, you know, the rest of my career. That's a that's a tall order, I know, and history shows that the chances of that are fifty fifty at best. So, uh, but we'll see what happens. I'm I, clearly. I love playing with them and I love their involvement with the, 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 all the, the whole process, man, the creative process, the live show, everything. Well, something else I kind of wondered about is, you know, this album, like you said, has nine songs and I think memoirs had maybe 10. I mean, both of those are, yeah. you know, shorter than what you've generally done in the past and what most people have done. And that is that kind of a conscious thing because of the way the business is, Trended with more people putting out singles and EPs instead of full-length albums? Yeah, man. Um, I think, personally, I think shorter albums are better for the listener's attention span. Right. I remember, certainly in the 90s, feeling about even some big bands. I would be like, man, this record's too long. Right. <laughs> you know, they've got there's 16 songs on here. They could have easily shaved it down to 12, maybe even 10. And it just would have been a better album as a singular body of work. There are obvious exceptions. Um, you know, I'm like yesterday I was listening to Super Unknown by Soundguard. Man, that's got a ton of songs on it. Man, that fucking record is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, kudos to you know, the producer and the band for kind of seeing that through to the end. But I don't know, man. And, and you know, to both both my last two records, their uh, adolescence certainly is not in any way a concept record. But I do feel like there is a cohesion of those nine songs, you know, the, the ballad included. There's something about these nine songs that just work great together as a statement, as you know, a, a, a body of songs. So I don't know, man. I mean, there was definitely some other songs that I, that I wrote for this thing that are good, like really good. Um, I don't think they were up to the level that the rest of the songs that the record were. Maybe they'll see the light of day down the road. Maybe, maybe not, man. Um, you know, no surprise to you fellas. I'm already starting to get the, the wheel spinning to, to, to get some new material going because, uh, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd love to drop a new record every year, year and a half, 
you know. Uh, I just think it's important to my little independent fan business. It's like, you know, I, I'm so proud of this fan base that I have. No, it's not half a million people, but man, they're passionate and they're super supportive and they love what I do. So I want to give them exactly what they want as often as possible. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful relationship. And, you know, again, I guess because of this year, the pandemic being stuck at home, I have been on social media, maybe more than ever. And, you know, answering people's questions and engaging and discussions about the record or, or just reading their comments, man, about, you know, the, the new record and how much they love it. So that's inspiring for me, guys. That, that pushes me to like, all right, we did battle lessons. Let's see if we can, let's see if we can make another one that good or even better. You know, it won't be easy, but let's, uh, let's give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of what you just said about, you know, having, songs left over like how prolific are you in that sense of like do you keep everything you ever write or that doesn't see the light of day or do you just kind of scrap stuff along the way yeah i guess in a way i sort of keep it in as much as you know there's like a little there's a little voice memo on my phone or you know i i pretty much keep all my lyrics on my computer you know, like I've got a folder. It's like, all right, this is the battle lessons writing session. Um, shit, if I had my uh, my other laptop is upstairs, I'd open it right now and just read you off some of the other titles because there were definitely four or five other things I was working on. Uh, so, well, like for instance, how long did well, you my, have "Love Is All You Left Behind" sitting around? Well, yeah, man, Love Is All You Left Behind is really, uh, you know, that one was unique because Kelly Gray and I wrote that song in 2003. Yeah, that was a song that was going to be on the sophomore Slave of the System record. It's different now from what it was then. Um, Kelly had been through a really tough relationship and he came to the writing session one day and just had some really powerful images and powerful words. And it inspired me to write that chorus. Love is all you left behind. I can see it just around the bend. I can't explain the feelings that remain, man. It just felt like wish you were here by, by Pink Floyd. You know, it had that same gravity to me. And, and I say that, with humility i i'm not in any way saying that that's you know wish you were here is one of the greatest songs of all time but still it gave me a similar feeling and um so this new record was done guys as far as the writing and nick said to me hey man we need a song like blindsided off of the black star writers record the killer instinct and Blindside is maybe my favorite BSR song we ever did. And, you know, it's epic. It's got the big drums and it's heavy and it's got the big guitar solo, you know, like the helicopter shot from the mountaintop in front of the church <laughs> with the wind blowing and, the, you know, that kind of epic. And I was like, okay, well, let me see. <laughs> let, me, let me see if I can give you that. So. <laughs> yeah, give me I 15 pulled, minutes. I pulled <laughs> 
Yeah, give me three. Yeah, give me fifteen minutes. <laughs> so over that next week or so, man, I I was looking back at some old ideas, and man, love is all you left behind is always sitting there on my desktop on my on my laptop. And I pulled out my acoustic and started messing around with it, and I came up with that new transition between the verse and the chorus, and I kind of brought another song in, and like I said earlier, it's like a puzzle. I just move some stuff around. So I made a little demo and I took it to Nick and he immediately liked it. But then he also said pretty quickly, man, this is a little long. The song is long and the drums are kind of plodding along. And he said, man, we should just cut this you and that acoustic guitar and we'll maybe add a cello or a mellotron or something. And that's what we did. That's what we did, man. And it's just the perfect, the perfect approach. Um, I think I got off subject a little bit from your last question, but yeah. um, no, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's how I treat older ideas. You just never know. You just never know where it's going to pop up. Listen, fellas, there's a song that I wrote with the batch of tunes that were on the very first brother King record. It's a song called rattle my bones. And I wrote it with West Arkeen. Wow. <laughs> uh, the same guy I wrote Make Your Play With and uh, another song off the record called Pressure. And man, it's got this riff that is as good as anything Easy Stradlin and Slash ever wrote together. <laughs> you know, it's just a killer. It's a killer riff. And I was so thrilled when I played it for West that he immediately gravitated towards it because he's. You know, he was a dark soul, man. He was, it wasn't all like, uh, you know, he was very authentic. It, there was no messing around when you were writing with Wes. So I was just really happy to come up with something that he immediately gravitated towards. So um, I'd love for that song to see the light of day. Why can't I put that on the next Get Ready? What is stopping me from doing that? Nothing. Nothing. What's well, been this long? Uh, I'd what's, love to re- what stopped you to this yeah. point? <laughs> well, I think honestly, man, I haven't made records as heavy as this song is. Okay, it's really it's man, it's very appetite for destruction influence. It's like my Michelle or uh, I think about you or songs like that. You know, some of those side right. two tracks that I loved as much as Paradise City or, or any of the stuff on side one. So, uh, you know, I guess making a record like Battle Lessons where I've definitely embraced, you know, my hard rock influences and just my love of, of heavier music, as heavy as I want to do. You know, man, I'm I'm never going to play metal or anything like that, but there's no doubt, man, records like that, you know, Appetite and um, certainly ACDC and Van Halen. I mean, that was some heavy shit, man, big riffs and... So uh, I, I'm definitely in that mode, I think, of, of wanting to to embrace that for a while. You mentioned uh, Black Star Riders a minute ago, and the, the first time we had you on a few years ago was with Ricky, and you guys had mentioned those uh, Warwick Johnson shows you had done and kind of mentioned doing like an actual studio project at some point. Is that something that just kind of got lost with you leaving Black Star Riders, or is that something we might still see in the future? I sure would love to do it. Um, you know, Ricky and I keep in touch 
he uh, he put out a great record this year. Yes, I'm did. not sure what Ricky's plan. I don't, I'm not sure what his plans are. You know, I don't know what the Black Star Riders' plans are. Um, you know, I think some of that is yet to be seen. But I do know that I would love to do it, and I know, also know that we can make a record. We can make a great record. And it, and it wouldn't take like a ton of time. I don't mean that we wouldn't give it proper attention, but we just, we've got a great chemistry together. Uh, we write well together. We write kind of fast. You know, we both show up with a bunch of ideas and then we pick and choose. And next thing you know, man, there's 10 songs done. All right, let's go record them. Let's get it. Let, let's make it happen. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to, man. I'd love to see that happen. Yeah, I thought that was crazy that your guys' albums came out on the same day. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind that of like was a weird. Crazy and well, yeah, man. And I haven't talked to Ricky in a in a couple months. We texted, but and I'd love to see him go to dinner or something. But I think he was a little surprised. Like, hey, man, what the fuck are you doing putting your record out at the same time, man? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he didn't say that, but. I'm sure he probably thought it. And it's just the way shit happened, man. My uh, my release date got moved three different times. And, you know, to, even though I'm putting these records out independently, I still have a digital service provider and they've got schedules and deadlines. And, you know, they don't want to have too many releases coming out at the same time. So that was just the date they threw at me. Hey, man, can we put this out February 24th? I said, great. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and, uh same day as Ricky's. Say la vie. That's that's right. life. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, congratulations on another awesome album, and we appreciate you taking the time, like always. Fellas, Trent and Jason, I want you to know, man, I thoroughly enjoy talking to you guys. I was so humbled by your reaction to this record the things that you said on your podcast and, um, you know, I really, I appreciate it, man. I know you guys have been listening to, to my music for a long time and I don't take that for granted, but you know, there's, there's, there's a few people that have been listening to my stuff for a long time, but there's a, there's a real sincerity, man. And, and just the way you guys were describing it and it made me feel great. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I wish I could clone about, you know, 20,000 more just like you and we'd be rocking. <laughs> We're trying to do that too, man. We're trying to get them all converted. And, th and thank you for the kind words. Yeah, we definitely appreciate that. Well, I, well, I truly mean that, man. I was I was happy to see your name pop up on, on Jody's email the other day. So, uh, listen, I hope I can get out that direction soon for sure. And, uh, you know, when I, if we're in the area, man, please come say hello. Let's Absolutely. Get a little face time. We'll do yeah, for sure. We will. Thank you. There you go. Damon Johnson of Damon Johnson and the Get Ready. A huge thank you to Jody Best of Best Bet Promotions for her unwavering support of our podcast. And a huge thank you to Damon Johnson for talking to us for a fifth time. That's very cool. That's the most that, you know, any, you know, I guess national artist that we've followed for a long time has been on this podcast. Right. As a repeat offender so we greatly appreciate it and there what he said there at the end of the podcast as well it was a huge honor yes both definitely of, both of us dorks to hear him say yes. that as well so that, that that gets you in the feels yeah of course so 
Massive thank you to Damon Johnson. If you're not familiar with Battle Lessons, it's out now. Check it out. It's nine songs, and it's 100% all killer, no filler. There you go. If this is your first time listening, we greatly appreciate it. Damon Johnson has been on here, like we keep saying, four other times. One of those times was the Eddie Van Halen tribute episode, which had 13 other guests. He was on here a couple other times by himself. He was on here once with Ricky Warwick of the Black Star Riders. That was in person. Yes. That was great. Yeah, it was. That same day, we did one with Biff from Saxon, which is very cool. We've also had on Kirk Winstein of Crowbar more than once. We've had on Mark Kendall of Great White more than once. We've had on Frank Hannon of Tesla more than once. David Elfson's been on here more than once. Right. Probably never again. Oh, he will be. I was just saying, (laughs) I was just going to skim right by that, and he brought it up. No, I'm not saying he's not allowed. (laughs) I'm just saying he's probably not doing interviews for a while. He's 100% allowed. (laughs) So... Uh, and speaking of Megadeth, Chris Broderick, formerly right. of Megadeth, has been on here. James Lomenzo, formerly of Megadeth, and like 42 other bands, has been on here. No shit. Uh, you said Seven Dust earlier. Yeah, John Connolly's been He's on here. been on here. And of the bands, you know, there's bands playing Rocklahoma that have been on this podcast. I say that out loud, and I can't even think who Right, I have know. no idea at this point, but they, they're, they're goddamn out there. I know yeah, they. and... uh Tons of other ones, including members of Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses, and tons more. So, KISS. So, check back all the previous episodes, 322, you can check out anywhere you listen to podcasts, wherever you listen now. Like, subscribe, follow, so you don't miss us in the future. And speaking of in the future, like we said, Diamond Row of Tetrarch's coming soon. Eric Kluber of Void Vader, formerly of Gypsy Hawk, and White Wizard is coming soon. And also... Who else we got? Austin, Austin Moe of the Austin Moe Band coming right. soon. And we've got other stuff in the works, so be on the lookout for all three of those. Check out all our recent stuff like Robert Mason of Warren and Josh Todd of Buck Cherry. So, thethunderunderground.com so where you can find everything. Follow us on our socials. We greatly appreciate it. Once again, a huge thank you to Best Bet Promotions, Damon Johnson, Hella Hot Hot Sauce, Med Farm, DEB Concerts, and Sunset Tattoo. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.